the story was sacrificed for jokes. And then... the music come on you there it is what is happening everybody it is monday the end of monday thankfully right how's everybody doing today welcome to film junkie live on july 11th how we doing out there everybody saying hi to each other file in kids time to talk some movies and some nonsense as per usual how's everybody doing make sure you smash that like thumbs up make sure you subscribe to the channel make sure you have that notification bell on you know what I'm doing, the Shiza, and then of course, if you want to become a member, become a member, do all that, and then of course, we got all these sock meds and the Patreon all down below, I'm trying to do more, I'm trying to be a little bit more, you know, active on uh, on Patreon, so, really trying to do that stuff, and uh, yeah, let's see what happens, anyways, who's out there, let's see what's going on, hello there, we got Mr. Fear Jason, Edmund Norton, good to see you, bringing back Tim Simohawk. It's good to see you. Jesse, what's up? We got Selena. We got Miss Nighthawk right here. Good to see you, staff. Plot Dickens. Mmm. Yeah, I mean, that guy's always like four or five steps ahead of everybody. What's going on, Selena? Good to see you. We got Mama Film Junkie here. Always good to see you, Mom. Tyler. Hi there. Hi there. Who else we got? Niner for life. Saying hi to Mama Film Junkie. Ahoy, ahoy, Mr. Jason McKenzie. We got Mr. Ascended Ancient right there. Return. Return of the King. Return. Return. Let's see. Who else we got? Ryan's here. Okay. Let's see. Who else? Stephanie T. I don't think I didn't say hi to you just yet. Always good to see you. Let's see. Where we at? Oh, Marcus Robertson. Marcus! What's up? Good to see you. We got Captain Gator Girl here. We got Legend also. Cool. All right. Good to see everybody as per usual. I got a lot to talk about always with the Monday show, right? Lots, lots, and lots to talk about, which I, it's always fun. It's always fun to catch up from the weekend and everything. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Second Warner Brothers. That too. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, just had to drop that one in there. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a little Takawatiti or Takawashiti. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, or Takawatiti, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. He's been, uh, it's been pretty interesting when it comes to his press tour for Thor Love and Thunder. So we're going to kind of go over some of that stuff. And uh, thank you, hey, we got Mr. Aaron Bailey right here. Mr. Member Aaron Bailey, good to see you. Boop, there it is, basic member, 13 months. Day they're coming for the stash. Yeah, I know, right? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you're you're good at the edit. Somebody uh, edit out the stash, you know, make me look like Henry Cavill in Justice League. Of course, I have my uh, Monday wine right here. I have a different wine. I got a different one because today, guys, cheers, first off. <sighs> Not as good. Not as good as the normal red wine, the, uh, the normal Cabernet I get because I shopped at a different grocery store today. I don't know if you guys are aware of Sprouts, you know, the farmer's market Sprouts. A new one just showed up in my town, so I decided let's try that as opposed to the normal grocery store I go to. And, uh, yeah, just to see because obviously it's, you know, the food is supposed to be higher quality, which it is, you know, grass-fed, organic, all that kind of stuff. So I got a different wine, and it's not, not as good as the uh, – the yellowtail I get, but it's fine. It'll suffice. 
And, uh, you know, I just wanted to see how much more money the uh, farmer's market was going to be. And, eh, you know, it's a little bit more. It's not going to be I'm not going to frequently shop there because, you know, you still got to I still got to pinch the pennies. You know, let's face it. The, the economy is still kind of shitty. You know, it's still kind of shitty. So but still, I'm like looking forward to. I mean, the food's going to taste better because it's all like better quality, but that's about it. Anyways, that was my day when it came to going to the grocery store during my lunch break. Okay, so now enough with that. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about article that uh, things that are coming out when it comes to Marvel Studios. And I would say this falls under the heading of Disney when it comes to VFX artists and everything. And then we're going to talk about some numbers, some new numbers. That's right, guys. We've got some new numbers when it comes to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about Dwayne Johnson and something that he tweeted. And then, of course, we'll talk about Comic-Con. A little bit too, even though we talked about it on the vodka stream and we talked about it also on the Patreon stream. So that was a lot of fun. A lot of discussions happening over the over the weekend. Whoops. Let's turn that off. All right. Let's get to these tweets. All right. I thought this was cool, you know, seeing a little behind the scenes right here. Men in Black, the first one, the best one. One of, uh, you know, a great movie, of course. You know, this scene right here where... Where Jay has to think about what he's uh, if he's gonna take the job or not. So yeah, you get the the shot, and then of course, what it takes, and all the people that are just like standing there looking at the shot. I love that kind of stuff. Looks pretty cool. I thought this was funny. Stranger Things season one, Stranger Things season twenty. That's pretty funny. I like it. Obviously coming from a you know shot from Grown Ups right there. Uh, happy anniversary to uh, Midtown Comics, and look who they put right there. Mr. Cavill going into Midtown Comics to buy some Superman comic books. And look at that. He has a Trinity right there. That's pretty cool. I forgot. I don't know how long ago that was, but it had to be like a, yeah, it was quite a, probably a few years ago. Probably, uh, I would say maybe Batman vs. Superman time, maybe, or just, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's always cool when these actors do that. And then, uh, yes, may he rest in peace, an icon and uh, who died over the, over the past, uh, well, I think it was, when was it? It was on the 7th, so yeah. So cheers to uh, James Caan. He passed away. You know, obviously he's been in many, 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 many roles right here. So cheers to him. Uh, 82 years old. At least, uh, you know, lived a pretty full life. But uh, yeah, cheers to James Caan and my condolences to his family. But yeah, we lost another icon, man, I tell you. I tell you. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Of course, we'll talk about that. Uh, Stephen uh, Ewan has joined the cast alongside Robert Pattinson, Naomi Aki, Mark Ruffalo, and Tony Colletti in Bong Joon-ho's next film, Mickey 7, which that's going to be something pretty amazing, so that's cool. Anyways, all right, we'll talk about that, of course. Here's a cool little shot from Prey showing the Predator right there. I like it. Uh, yeah, do all that. And then, of course, yep, there's, yep, oh boy, here we go. And there's my reaction, of course. Hopefully, you guys watched my first reaction. You could see it all over my face right there. My first reaction to Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank God for the boys' uh, season finale to, as a cl- uh, palate cleanser. Jesus Christ. I tell you, that's what I needed. Uh, hey, you can get a uh, Blu ray, Fire in the Sky. I tell you what. 
they aren't kidding when it comes to this description. If you guys have not seen Fire in the Sky, I mean, I don't know. Maybe audiences nowadays wouldn't get so freaked out by it. But an alien abduction tale that chills bone deep. Yes, it does. Uh, I remember watching this as a kid, and I probably, I think I had about, I think I had some nightmares for like a week. I don't know. Ask Mama Film Junkie. She probably had to deal with that. Um, yeah, Fire in the Sky. If you ever want to see an alien abduction movie that will freak the shit out of you, it's a well-made film too. By the way, it's well acted, well crafted. It's a really good film. But man, the last like 15 minutes of the movie, 15 20 minutes of the movie, fucking freaked the shit out of me, man. Uh, I thought this was funny. You know, if you display a Jaws, <laughs> you display a Jaws uh, um, tank top right here. You know, just take the arm off. Fantastic movie, right, Jane? Yeah. And then, yes, guys, uh, you guys saw my little short video. If you haven't checked it out, I did a, a YouTube short over the weekend talking about, hey, don't. There's some people out there that are hyping people up about stuff that's going to be talked about at Comic-Con. Don't, like, don't buy into it. I hate the fact that people were sending me, did you see what so-and-so said? I went, good Lord. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But we'll talk more about that, you know, when we get to... Uh, we get to that portion of the show and we got our first look at uh, uh, we got obviously X-Men 97 right here, which I'm looking forward to. I mean, obviously, they got to bring back that X-Men animated theme. Right. But yeah, but I know it's just like, oh, shit, they added the Marvel Studios on top of it. Yeah. But of course, they had to. But, uh, you know, hopefully they has the same um, same theme. It's got to have the same thing. Right. And then you got Marvel Zombies. And you got What If, which is all going to be talked about at um, Comic-Con. So that's going to be cool. Uh, Metallica, they did a TikTok video where they uh, they did they played Master of Puppets with Eddie. So that was good. Eddie Munson, if you guys, of course, saw the season finale where Eddie, Eddie decided, uh, you know, to distract with all the bats that he, he was going to play Master of Puppets, which I, like, loved every minute of that. That was great. Because we didn't know exactly what song he was going to play. And there it was. Master of freaking puppets. Gotta love it. Um, we got a new director for uh, Captain America 4, of course. Uh, when it comes to, you know, this version of Captain America. I guess they're, uh, they're going to get Julius Anna, who directed the Cloverfield Paradox. Now, I saw people gripe because people didn't really like the Cloverfield Paradox. And I will say, when it comes to Cloverfield, the three Cloverfield movies we have, that was definitely the weakest. Was it full-on terrible? No, but it had issues. But hopefully we get some more Cloverfield stuff. It seems like they kind of stopped right after that when there was not so much a positive response to the Cloverfield Paradox. I was still hoping, like, hey, I still want to see more in this world. Really digging it. I've been a fan since I saw that first teaser trailer when i saw transformers and we had no idea what that movie was about that first cloverfield movie that blew me away i kept on looking stuff up on the internet this was back in what 27 20, 2007 or something like that man it was a good time it was a good time but i don't know it seems like jj and bad robot has been kind of lazy well at least jj right Ugh. Anyways, yeah, we'll talk about that. I thought this was fitting right here. Somebody made a Thor Love and Thunder poster in the in the vein of, um, of <laughs> Batman and Robin, which, yep, that does make sense. Definitely makes sense. All right, so I'm going to have to ask you guys, how do we feel about this? Okay, we've talked about Top Gun many times, and I think we've even talked about 
uh, a possibility of them continuing the franchise. And according to Miles Teller, when talking to E.T., um, he basically said that there have been conversations with Tom Cruise about a possible Top Gun 3. And then Miles Teller was quoted on saying, it's all up to Tom. We'll see. So how are we feeling about this? Should there be a Top Gun 3 or should they just not do it? Keep the magic of the first two, because obviously the first one was iconic. And then this one just kind of brought that that magic back. And I don't know. Do we feel that a third one would be just a skosh too far? Because it seems I mean, it, it is nice that, yes, there would be like a Top Gun trilogy. That's pretty cool. And and anybody who has like that in their library of Blu-rays or whatever, it, it would be kind of cool to have a Top Gun trilogy. But what are we how are we feeling here? You know, how are we feeling? Are we are we thinking that this is a good idea? Part of me, part of me is just kind of going no, because I don't think they can capture the magic again, because that's what was so magical about Top Gun Maverick. But part of me does want the Top Gun trilogy, maybe just one more. We're not going to stretch it out. I mean, obviously, Tom Cruise is wrapping up his Mission Impossible franchise. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but I can't really see a Top Gun franchise continue. But then at the same time, I can kind of see it continue on like a streaming series if they had like you know the top gun school and all that i don't know what are we thinking here why not okay we got some people saying why not so that's good uh yeah if kaczynski uh directs again and Corey writes again okay so some people are about it sometimes you got to just let movies succeed without a sequel yeah i can see what you're saying stephanie i mean that the third act of the second movie brought it down for me leave it alone okay so there you go yeah so some people are like have it focus on rooster and phoenix uh, as central characters with maverick as the mentor figure like viper in the first film yeah i know i mean if they could come up with a really good story i'm down i'm down but i just there's something that just they just captured lightning in a bottle somehow again 30 years later 30 plus years later so i'm just kind of wondering Ugh, i don't know i'm like i'd be worried about it but to be honest, it seems like Tom Cruise is just still on top of his game and he's going to make sure working with people that it would be something special if it does happen. So I don't know. We'll see. And um, if it does happen again, uh, whenever it comes out, I'll grow the mustache out once again, because this is not, you know, the mustache will remain right now, but it's not going to remain for, you know, who knows when I, I will see when it when it comes out, you know, so. And then uh, Michael Imperioli, he also died too um, this past couple of days right here. We lost another one, which uh, he's been in numerous films, but mainly people know him as uh, from The Sopranos. Oh, no, no. Yeah, well, you know, has revealed that the, yeah. Sorry, now I was said the wrong name. Tony Sirocco Rico. Sorry, totally said the wrong name right there. But yes, it's Tony Sirico passed away. Not, uh, obviously, he um in the shot right there is uh announced right there but yeah he died at 79 um and you know been in numerous things but it mainly people know him from sopranos i never got into sopranos but uh you know but may he rest in peace also so raise your glass out for him too 79 years old you know didn't quite make it to 80 but you know condolences to his family and friends too yeah seems like seems like anytime you know an iconic actor like passes away there's always another one and usually there's always the trifecta right always seems like the trifecta and guys okay so speaking of eddie munson the eddie munson character and um 
and uh, Stranger Things. I mean, obviously, it, it is crazy because when it comes to when it comes to these characters that they introduce in these seasons for for Stranger Things, I mean, there's been, of course, like Sean Astin, he played that one character. There's been, of course, um, what's her name in the in the first season. There's been characters, side characters that aren't part of the main cast that get killed in this series that we kind of like, oh, man, I like that. I like that character. And then they get off within that season. So naturally, we thought, OK, Eddie was going to get off, too. I mean, especially when you see a story arc, you kind of go, yeah, I could see him sacrificing himself, which he essentially does. OK, and spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Stranger Things season four yet. But um, I have a feeling that he's coming back just because talking with people who are familiar with the Dungeons and Dragons lore that this is that this story is kind of based off of and what they play also in the series, there is a character you know, the Vecna character has a right-hand man who ultimately became his betrayer, which means he killed him. And his name is Cass, the Blood Bloody-Handed, a vampire whose sword is the sword of Cass, is also an artifact, okay? So I'm thinking, hey, Eddie died, right? But what did he die? How did he die? He died because he got attacked by bats. Bats could turn people into vampires, Essentially, right? So I'm thinking maybe Eddie's going to be coming back as this kind of character. And the fact that he's such a fan favorite, I would not be surprised if the Duffer brothers are like, hey, that's a good way to bring him back. Or maybe they already had it in their heads that that's going to be the case. That's right. So we'll see. But I'm thinking he's going to be back. People love this guy way too much. This character he's very likable. And yes, I did say dungeon, you weirdos. It is canon. It's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. It'd be cool. And uh, yeah, and uh, of course, this was me at the beginning of my uh, Thor Love and Thunder, um, you know, review. Uh, we got that. That's this is pretty cool right here because <laughs> because, you know, our uh, our lovely president who uh is diminishing because he's very old and has had issues with his uh, his brain. He uh, was reading the teleprompter and read the teleprompter uh, the way that he's not supposed to read the teleprompter. Pretty much did a Ron Burgundy. And then I love the fact that the internet works really fast and they, they somebody fucking put Ron Burgundy over him. End of quote. Repeat the line. For the last time, anything you put on that prompter... Burgundy will read. Yeah. Good stuff. Sorry, I didn't have the volume turned on. So, But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. The Internet works fast. Yeah, you know. Um, Biden, I mean, he's just a puppet. I mean, all presidents are a puppet. Come on. I mean, no matter who they are, they're pretty much a puppet. And he's the he's a really big puppet because, you know, you might as well have Jeff, Jeff Dunham have his hand up his ass. Uh, anyways, um. And then, uh, yeah, we got the vodka stream right here. Um, when it comes to uh, an update on Rebel Moon, we have Dustin uh, Setthamer has a role in Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. He could potentially be behind the physical performance of Sir Anthony Hopkins' battle droid Jimmy. I bet apparently, he's a six foot eight actor. So, yeah, that could be the case right there. So, could be the case. 
All right, and then of course, uh, yeah, my Thor. I actually did a Thor rewatch. We rewatch over the weekend. I watched all three Thor movies again just to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, Love and Thunder is the it's the worst one in my book, more than Ragnarok. I can't because Ragnarok again had a consistent tone. Really did have a consistent tone. Yeah, I even said you know come a long way. And then of course, uh, when it comes to uh, Comic-Con, Keanu Reeves will attend uh, SDCC with a panel for his comic series, Berserker, alongside Mattson Tomlin, who is writing the film adaptation adaptation of the uh, comic. So Keanu Reeves is going to be at Comic-Con, so that's going to be good. That's going to be really good. But, yeah, I did that, and then I made this, too. You know, made that little short video. If only this could happen, right? If only some kind of magic would happen where... You have these two on stage, and they bring up Cavill, and it's like, yep, Superman could be involved, and we could have something that could potentially be a crazy little crossover in the future. But sadly, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. But that was fun. You know, I thought I'd just make that right there, made that little, I was, you know, Saturday as I was watching the Thors, you know. And then, yes, I put on, I mean, you know, I put on Thor Ragnarok. You know, one of the things that's missing in Thor Love and Thunder is this guy, Loki. Loki. We're missing Loki. I mean, he's been in all the other Thor movies, and it's just there's the, 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 the dynamic between Thor and Loki has always been pretty great, and it was missing in this movie, I felt. But, you know, what can you do? Then going back to Rebel Moon, we have some shots right here. Hey, look at that. Charlie Hunnam, will it be? That's right. We've got some crew hanging out right there. There's Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, they're all just taking pictures, you know, at the, I don't know, at some backyard little barbecue thing. There's a pool back there. But, yeah, there's some Charlie Hunnamness right there. He's going to have the long hair and the beard. I like it. And then again, look at that. Even, I mean, I he did most of the uh, riffing right here. He did most of the riffing. So, what's his name? Joseph what, Quinn? So any, when he had the double, that was for the solo, but he did the main riff. I like it. So I like the fact that, yeah, he was totally, uh, you know, pulling some of that stuff off. So anyways, um, okay. And then we got this right here. Here's a new rumor for the uh, Penguin series. So, man, when are we going to start hearing more stuff about this? There's a lack of Batman content, right? Need more Batman. But apparently there's a rumor out there. I'm not sure where it is. According to uh, Great Phase 15, I don't know how legit this person is. But, you know, just gauging by people who follow him. Got, you know, 3,000 you know, 3, plus followers. We'll see. But it does actually make sense. And this is why I was kind of like, hmm. But he says, according to uh, Great Phase 15, Black Mask would be in the Penguin show. Take it with a grain of salt, of course. I wouldn't be surprised because I think when it comes to the Penguin show, yes, they're going to have other mob boss type people. It's going to be a mob show. It's got to be a mob show. You know, it's the Penguin for fuck's sake. It's got to be, there's going to have that mob mentality and everybody's going to be, if it's continuing directly after the Batman, people are going to be, they even say it, they even say it in the narration 
Uh, Bruce says it in his narration at the end where basically there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be fighting for power of Gotham after the, the disaster that happened in the Batman. So people are going to be fighting for that. There's no more, um, uh, of course, what's his name? Um, so, like, why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they try to fight for that power? Because obviously he was the ultimate power and there's going to be other mob bosses going to be fighting for power. So there's going to be. Probably not just Black Mask. There's going to be some others, too, that are going to be fighting for the power of Gotham City. So I definitely think that that's going to be the case. So that's cool. I like that. All right. Then the Patreon stream happened over the weekend. I like it. I also like this, too. The Giants are on a two-game winning streak. I like that. They're on a two-game winning. You're welcome, Dodgers. Giants beat the Do- beat the uh, the Padres twice, so the Dodgers get a little, you know, get a little further away in their first place rank. But yeah, I like how Crawford is like doing. I don't know exactly what what that is, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. And more of that stuff. And this is why we love Liz Wonder, guys. This is why we love Liz Wonder. Because she posted this video right here, and she says, Living my best Flashpoint Paradox cosplay life. I think Jay Oliva would appreciate this. Flashpoint, my favorite DC animated movie. And it's like, yes, perfect. Good job, Liz. This is why this is why I like Liz in the cosplay. Because, you know, there's some cosplayers out there that are just like, hey, you know, let me just let me just wear something tight and stick my butt out, and that's it. Or, you know, wear something tight and, you know, it's just that. No, Liz... Uh, Susie, Audie, they, they, they craft their costumes first off, like amazingly. And then they make content like this. This is funny. You know, if you know the Flashpoint Paradox story, you know, this is funny. And the fact that she's jumping around like that. So good on Liz for doing that. Love that. More to cosplay than just wearing something tight and sticking your butt out. <laughs> That's right, kids. And then this is, uh... Speaking of uh, Mr. Joseph Quinn right here, he was at uh, the Show Masters Comic Con and uh, a fan was just totally appreciative of his character and he brought him to tears. Yeah, so, man, everybody's just loving his character. So there's no way that he's not coming back. There's no way that he's not coming back, so I love it. I absolutely love it. And then, uh, hey, here's uh, Hill Valley right here from Back to the Future, The Ride. That's pretty cool. Models, man. Practical. Practical. And, yes, we're going to be talking about this, but, yeah, fuck this. Fuck this title right here from IGN. Sorry. Well, first off, they they spelled Snyder wrong, you know, and I love it. They're like, sorry, Snyder Cut fans. Thor Love and Thunder and Taka Waititi has no interest in a Waititi cut of the latest MCU film as he believes director's cuts are not good. Well, first off, do a spell check, you dicks. And no, I don't think any Snyder Cut fan really fucking cares about a Waititi cut. And we're going to talk about that more. I just love that. Jesus Christ. Love that. I love that. Just great. And then here's an interview from uh, Zach talking about movies and making these movies. So this is pretty good right here. So listen to listen to Mr. Goat right here, Mr. Zack Snyder. Do you, do you, who, don't take this question the wrong way, but who yeah. do you nowadays, who do you make movies for? Is it your family? Is it your kids? Is it fans? Is it as mass audience as you can get? You know, I don't, I have not changed. I really make the movies for myself. I really, really do. For no one else, or just sort of like what you ultimately want to see in them? Yeah, I think so. As a fan, what I want to see, yeah. Like, as a, like, you only have the benchmark of yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Like, if you ever try and make a movie for someone other than yourself, I feel like you're going to blow it. Because yeah. Because you can't, you don't know how anyone else is going to feel. Right. So, like, you know, you go, okay, do I find that emotionally real? Do I find that interesting? Is that the Krypton I want to go to? Is that the Superman I want to see fight? You know, those are the questions you ask yourself constantly. Right. And I think once you, um, if you're constantly answering yes to that, then you'll end up the more, the film will end up being more interesting to you. Do, do you and ultimately, the film being interesting to you allows you to make the movie better because you're interested. Right. If you make it for you someone get, else over a two-year period, like, you're just going to, like, not give a shit right. at some point. Because right. you're just like, I don't <laughs> Gee. This is not my movie. You know, I don't Sounds wanna, like I don't somebody current. Because I made it for someone else. Exactly. Making a film for somebody else. No, that's not the Zack Snyder way. That's why we love this. And, you know, he, he tried. He tried when it came to the CBM world, and they kept on trying to change it. They kept on giving him notes. They kept on doing all this kind of stuff, and it was horrible. But at least we got that beautiful fucking trilogy, that Zack Snyder's Justice League trilogy. You know, hopefully, yes, maybe we'll get some more in the future. I mean, that's always up in the air, very much so. But I'm glad that we got that trilogy, and now he's making his movies that he wants to make for himself. And he knows that people are going to like it because, you know, he's got a very big fan base, and uh, it's going to be something special when it comes to Rebel Moon and continuing on, of course, with the Army universe as well. Can't wait, but that's a good, like, old video right there. And, uh, yeah, he has a good butt chin, too. Yeah, he does, right? I think it's a little bit better than mine, possibly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we got Batman the Fanimated. Hopefully you guys check that out. Um, uh, the Samaritan, Samaritan, the Samaritan coming out. Another, uh, hey, yo, I got a new movie coming out. That's right. That's right. 25 years ago, the world's greatest hero vanished. And that's me, the Samaritan. That's right. Look at the, look at the reflection in the water right there with the puddles. That's right. It's going to be good stuff. You're going to watch it. Yeah, you know. You know. I'm looking forward to it. Sylvester Stallone? Why not? Guy's in his 70s and still kicking ass. <laughs> still kicking ass. He's right. Isn't he like 70 years old or is he like in his late 60s? I can't remember. And there's another poster. That's right. It's what I used to look like. It's Samaritan right here. I kick ass. Now we're hood. Yo. It's good stuff. Is mine better? Okay, thank you. Um, when it comes to the boys, the boys right here, uh, according to writer Eric Kripke, he said that season three storylines will hand off into spinoff series Varsity, says uh, him. He says season one of the boys uh, college set show will then set up a new storylines, new storylines that will get picked up in season four of the boys. So we're going to have a spinoff series. We're going to have a spinoff series called varsity when it comes to like a, you know, a, uh, you know, for soups in this world, it's going to have a spinoff. So we're going to have some more of the boys, hopefully sooner than later. And then we'll go right into season four. So that's, that's exciting right there. That's good. And I'm all set. I'm dude. I'm all set for this. Did you guys see this trailer? For uh, the day ship shift starring Jamie Foxx, it's got Snoop Dogg in it too, and Dave Franco. It's another. It's a vampire movie from the guys who brought us, uh, of course, uh, John Wick. Looks really good. If you haven't checked out the trailer, yes, really good stuff. Vampire hunting looks looks like a lot of fun. Looks like crazy action, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And then of course we, you know, we're going to be talking about Dwayne Johnson, and you better believe he's going to be promoting Black Adam right here. But mainly, he's going to probably be. be promoting super pets but apparently uh when it comes to discovery 
Jesus, look at those veins. Shark Week is coming, and uh, I guess Dwayne Johnson's going to have something. So, there you go. Look at all the sharks. How many sharks did we say we needed? Jump in, I dare you. No, but yeah, Shark Week, Dwayne Johnson is going to be doing something. Even the Impractical Joker is going to be doing something with Master of Ceremonies. He's going to be the Master of Ceremonies, so there you go. Doing things, doing things. And then, of course, we had a new trailer for uh, Harley Quinn Season 3 arriving on July 28th. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Maya Hawke, she's going to be starring alongside her her uh, father, Mr. Ethan Hawke, in a movie called Revolver that sees a uh, follows a Beatles fan who tries to break into a hotel the band is staying in. So that'll be interesting. So Miss Maya Hawke right there who uh, has become a fan favorite because of Stranger Things, going to be starring with her dad. When is she going to start with her mom, though? That's the that, That'll be the next thing, right? That'll be cool. And we'll talk about that, too. That's something that's uh, part of it, that uh, part of the stuff. I like this shot right here, Batman Begins. Uh, this Friday, if you haven't seen The Black Phone, guess what? You're going to be able to watch it at home on demand. Really good movie. Speaking of Ethan Hawke, he's a fucking creepo. Loved him in the movie. Please watch it. Support that film. It's really good. Scott Derrickson, like that. Halloween Ends trailer is coming. It's coming. Uh, apparently, it's only a minute and 16 seconds, so more kind of more of a uh, teaser trailer, I guess you would say. And then uh, Screen Rant, they posted this right here that says, The most recent odds put Henry Cavill ahead of uh, uh, Rajan Page and uh, Tom Hardy in the running for the next James Bond. That's right. Let's open this up right here because we keep talking about Cavill. And if Warner Brothers Discovery is not going to play ball when it comes to him and Superman, guess what? He might end up being the Bond. I don't know. According to uh, the betting website, from, it's called Ladbrokes. Uh, Henry Cavill has passed Tom Hardy as the new favorite to play the next James Bond. Cavill ranks as a number one of the Bridgerton star. Uh, this guy right here, I'm probably saying his name wrong, Roger Jean Page. I know a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of ladies are swooning over him after Bridgerton. And uh, so he was up in the running, too. Uh, he was second, and Hardy is now third, who have been held to the top spot or top, yeah, at different times. Cavill leads the pack with a three to one odds, while Page and Hardy are close behind with a seven to two and a six to one odds, respectively. So that's what's happening right now when it comes to that website. Now, it doesn't mean shit, but it just kind of shows you that people are going, hey, this this Henry Cavill guy, you know, I mean, if he's not going to be Superman, maybe he could be James Bond. I mean, I think we all prefer him as Superman. Sure. But, you know, again, if WBD doesn't want to play fucking ball, then guess what? Dun, dun, dun. He's going to he's going to be this this mother. I like this edit right here. I mean, come on. He could be Bond. Shaken, not stirred. He'll have his actual accent, too. That's the thing. He won't have to do like a, another accent. So that's always good, right? And then uh, we're getting our first images from the uh, the new uh, the space telescope, um, the new space telescope uh, that shows that that went out really deep and it has like, you know, better lenses and shit like that. Look at all that. That's right. There's a lot of shit out there. That's a lot of galaxies. Pretty much. That's it. Look at all those galaxies. That's right. We are definitely not alone. There's so much shit out there. But yeah, that's kind of cool. These are some of the first images right there. But look at all that. Look at all these galaxies. So many freaking galaxies. It's the multiverse right there. Captured the multiverse. 
and then look at so you can see the difference so that was the hubble the hubble telescope is right here kind of blurry this is the new telescope i think that's a transition right there so look at everything's looking a little clearer look at these galaxies so cool so cool can't wait for to see more images from that telescope it's gonna be good going to be good all right let me uh refresh this poll right here because we're gonna go right into the main topic refresh the poll all right so here we go i posted this right here for twitter and i said should taka watiti direct thor 5 according to twitter after 260 votes i only did it for an hour so that's all i got but uh yeah it says um director you know it says 89.6 percent of you do not want him to direct thor 5 <laughs> makes sense seems like a lot of people are kind of on the reservation but of course you know a lot of people that follow me not really a fan of the guy so i can understand that um yeah there's so there's that aspect of to it but i also did a, a youtube poll let's see where the youtube poll stands right now when it comes to i asked the same question in the youtube poll and let's see how many people voted. Let's see. There we go. Well, this is over 1,000 votes right here on YouTube. I asked the same question. 80% says no. 20% says yes. So pretty much, you know, kind of close. Seems like uh, when it comes to the two polls, yeah, around, it's like averaging 20% want him to direct the next Thor movie. And uh, I'm just kind of wondering, will he direct the next Thor movie? Who knows? Because it's been interesting. It's been very interesting. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, it's Taka Waititi. He's, uh, he's definitely a firecracker. Cracker. 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 And um, I'm not sure exactly why he's, like, he's taking the approach that he is, and he's just not giving a shit. It almost seems like, again, after watching Thor Ragnarok and going, yes, there's still things I do not really like about this movie, but there are things that are pretty damn. The Valkyrie scene is very beautiful. When that scene shows up and the way they shot that, it is very beautiful, and there's things, there's consistencies in there. Not to mention Valkyrie is actually a really cool character. In Thor Love and Thunder, not as much. She's underutilized. And in Ragnarok, she was great. She was actually pretty fantastic. Yeah, the jokey side of it, eh, whatever. But at least she was actually doing a lot of badass shit. So I was like, okay, the consistency in the tone. And it's like, okay, you actually took your, it felt like he took his time with that comes to love and thunder it almost was like all right well we could just do this and do that and do this and blah 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 and uh when he's answering questions during this whole during these interviews i mean um he talks about i mean i mean we'll get to that but yeah i guess we'll just get right into it but um one of the main things that ugh, that a lot of people that were uh when it came to all this um do i have it set up oh i don't think i brought it back up but uh, let's bring this back. Uh, let's see here, because it's if I just type in his name, it's gonna be right there. Um, it's this, you know, it's it's this video right here from from um, from Variety right here. It's basically, you know, this one. This is the this is the this is the thing that was uh, getting was getting uh, tossed around this weekend, where people were getting kind of pissed at him because, I mean, essentially, it's uh, you know, it's him and Tessa Thompson. Who uh, they're poking fun at at this shot right here when it comes to <laughs> yeah. when, it, when it comes to um, uh, well Korg who he plays of course and the lighting is all off and he's kind of there's just kind of poking fun at it and you're kind of going like wait what the fuck you're poking fun at that well, wait a minute well why the hell 
Is that the case? Why, why is it that your movie, you're going, wow, yeah, that shot didn't turn out that well. And it's like, well, didn't you actually look at it? What happened? Like, what's going on? And it just kind of makes you lead to the conclusion that they really just thought, all right, we got Chris Hemsworth. We got Natalie Portman. It seems like whatever we do, doesn't matter. People are just going to fucking watch it, which they did. Sure, they did. But I love it when I saw, like, you know, MCU fanboys having fucking meltdowns when people were pointing out how shitty some of the fucking VFX looked. The volume sh- scenes looked like shit, too. There was, I'm not saying, like, every shot looked horrible, but a lot of them, most of them, sure. And when you see a video like this where they're actually, like, making fun of the whole thing, it's just like you kind of go, what the hell? That's not what it's supposed to be like, you know? You're not supposed to do that. Remember when Zack Snyder did this, when he was talking about his shots of Army of the Dead? He was actually showing like how he crafted it and how his shots look when it came to the dream lens and all this stuff and perspectives and everything. And he was drawing on it and, there, and all that stuff. That's kind of what a director should do, not poke fun at it. It almost seems like, did you actually take any time to make anything quality? Probably not. I don't know. It's all very interesting. And like I said, fuck this uh, IGN. Uh, Mr. Adam Bankhurst, uh, of course, had to do with this right here, which makes no sense. It's like, really? Okay, so IGN was like, all right, we have to capitalize on the whole Snyder Cut thing when it comes to the Watiti Cut. And instead of, you know, instead of just posting about what he did, uh, the very first line had to be like, sorry, Snyder Cut fans, but director um, uh, Thor and Love and Thunder director Taka Watiti has no interest in... Um, and, of course, having a cut right there because he says director's cuts are not good. Yeah, that's good. That's also good right there, right? You have a director right here that has a big movie that's happening right now. And then, of course, they ask him, would you ever have a cut, uh, a director's cut of your movie? And he goes, no. He flat out just is basically saying that, no, he said, this is the quote right here. He said, I've been thinking about director's cuts. I watch director's cut cuts of a lot of other directors. They suck. That's right. Just flat out, they suck. Director's cuts are not good. Directors need to be controlled sometimes. And if I was to say, ah, yeah, want to watch my director's cut? It's four and a half hours long. Ooh. It's uh, not good in four and a half hours. There's a lot of cup and tea breaks in there. You don't even have to pause it. So there you go. And it's almost like he's throwing a little shade at a certain thing, right? Um, which is interesting. That's pretty funny when it's like, oh, yeah, have you seen some of his shots? Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, he's saying that director's cuts are not good and directors need to be controlled sometimes. I mean, I, I guess you could say in, in some in some instances, yeah, maybe. Maybe they're, you know, sometimes the studio does need to be like, hey, you're going kind of going off the reservation here a little bit, reel it back in. But at the same time, we all want to see what this person wants to make. Let them make what they want to make. But at least, you know, if you're going to release something in the theater, there's nothing wrong with releasing a director's cut on video. But it, but nobody wants a fucking director's cut of <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. What else are we going to have? More jokes. More jokes. That's all you're going to have. More jokes. Uh, and you get to you get into edit. You're like, I still kind of like it. And then after about six months of being in the movie, you realize it was fun on the day, but it doesn't have any business being in the movie. So pretty much he's saying that, yeah, you know, we had fun shooting it. But after I've watched it over and over again, it sucks. I'd say my cut would probably have a few more jokes in there. You think there might be a couple of deleted scenes. But as I always say, a scene is deleted because it's not good enough to be in the film. 
I think the deleted scenes section on the DVD, not that they use them anymore, should just be a list of scenes and no links so you can't click on them. So he doesn't even want you to see them. And what's funny about this is the fact that when we go to this article right here, we talk about like there's certain scenes that were cut out when it came to, well, first off, you had apparently a whole different version of Russell Crowe's Zeus who did a different, he did a different accent. He did a different accent. And uh, he did a whole different accent when they were doing that. So he used the one that's really, really, really weird. And, uh, oh, yeah, no, it's this article right here. It's because we had a scene that had um, Jeff Goldblum in it. So Jeff Goldblum's character in Ragnarok showed back up in it. Peter Dinklage, who was in Infinity War, who helped, of course, get, uh, you know, get the, uh, the, the Storm Buster or whatever the hell it's called. And then Lena Headey was also in the movie. And apparently she's suing. She is suing Marvel Studios for, I guess, not getting the pay that she was promised because her scene got cut out. So that's all happening right there. I wrote the thing. So when you cut anything, it's a little bit of a challenge to yourself because you're like, am I not that good? Should I have seen this coming? But every film I've done, I've probably cut the same amount out. When you go into the edit, you never know. A scene on its own could be the most funniest thing or intriguing thing, but sometimes those things, if you keep them in, will just make the movie screech to a halt. So you have to do what's best for the film. One can only assume that sequences of uh, Bale's gore butchering the characters portrayed by Goldblum and Etri, but nothing has been revealed about those things. And uh, yeah, basically just talking about that. If you ask those actors who were cut out, Jeff Goldblum, Lena Headey, Peter Dinklage, they all understand how it works. They have been in the game long enough, but that's just the way I look at things. But then, of course, yeah, right here it says Headey's, uh, Headey's, Headey, Headey, whatever, say your name is. Uh, former management isn't quite as easygoing about the situation, seeing that they are suing the actress over the cut role. All right, they're, so they're getting sued by, yeah, it's all crazy. Yeah, the accent was weird, right, when it came to Zeus. A lot of baggage. There's going to be some more, you know, people suing people and all this stuff. And, yeah, it's all fucking crazy. It's all crazy. And then, of course, uh, there was even like a, um, there was even a, Christian Bale said a lot of things were cut from his character, said some funny stuff and some creepy stuff got cut from his character. They got left on the editing floor. Of course, you know, it's all just a big weird shit show. And then and then also he uh, he who liked the fucking screaming goats. Anybody? No, because it was annoying as hell. There was nothing funny about the screaming goats. Okay, but apparently that came from a it came from a Taylor Swift meme. They were uh, they were never meant to be screaming. The goats were always going to be there because they are in the comics, but we didn't know how they would sound. Then someone in post-production found this meme of, ta of a Taylor Swift song that has had screaming goats in it. I didn't even know that existed. So I hear the screaming goats and I felt it was awesome. A lot of people think it's me screaming. It's not. Wouldn't be surprised. Oi, yeesh. Oi, oi, oi. Ugh, the screaming goats. Very, 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 very fucking annoying. So, Takawatiti basically shit on director's cuts. He shit on a shot in his very own movie about the VFX. And, uh, yeah, just basically, he's also, he also said in, in, in an interview, too, that, and he's probably 
joking most of the time, but it's kind of hard to like grasp. Like, is he joking? Is he serious? I just, he's such a firecracker and it just seems like he doesn't care what he says. And like I said, when I tweeted out, I'm like, and I tweeted out that me, myself and Irene were like, you know, Jim Carrey's like going, you know, just holding back the, the anger. I'm like, that's Kevin Feige right now, because guess what, Taka? Your film is going to have a pretty significant drop to the next weekend. And the fact that you're just kind of, you know, you were trending and a lot of people didn't like what you had to say, that's that's not helping. So I'm kind of wondering if Feige or anybody from Marvel Studios was like, hey, can you relax on, the, you know, some of the stuff you say a little bit? Thanks. Can you do that? He did talk about Thor 5. Uh, he joked. He said, like, I only come back for Thor 5 if Chris Hemsworth comes back for Thor 5. But, of course, you know, he's a star, so naturally he would. But uh, that's why I asked the question, should he do Thor 5? I personally would love if somebody else took over. But at the same time, if this franchise, this part of the franchise keeps making money under Takawatiti, then fine. Um, obviously, he's going to be directing a Star Wars film. Yeah, there's that. And then, of course, he in interviews, he did say that he asked Natalie Portman to be in his Star Wars film. But then, you know, forgetting that she was Padme. But I think that was all just a big, stupid joke. Um, you know, he's got a weird sense of humor. But you know who also has a weird sense of humor is James Gunn. And somebody brought this to my attention, too. Has James Gunn even promoted, posted anything about this? Or is he just busy not really doing anything? It is kind of funny how James Gunn, I haven't really seen anything from James Gunn posting about Thor Love and Thunder. And the Guardians of the Galaxy are in the movie. That's pretty weird. Chris Pratt did. Chris Pratt po posted it. And he posted a little selfie with him and Chris Hemsworth. But it's just kind of funny. I'm like, wait, has James Gunn? Yeah. Has James Gunn uh, said anything about this? It is kind of strange. You would think he would have been all over that because James Gunn is very much active on Twitter or on social media altogether. And it's just kind of like, huh. Thought. Hmm. Anyways. So there you go. I don't know. You'd rather have James. Gunn. Yeah, I liked. I, you know what? I know people. I mean, people hate James Gunn, too. I don't hate him. I think I think the fact that I think what he's done with the Gardens of the Galaxy franchise was actually I'm, I'm enjoying it. I didn't enjoy the second one as much as the first one, but there is. But I, I still enjoyed the second one and I'm looking forward to the third one. You know, so I don't put him in the same category as Taka because I'm not enjoying his Thor movies. I'm not. I've said it before. I, I've liked his other stuff that's non-CBM and whatever the fuck. But I just don't know. And now I'm just worried about this Star Wars film. And I know a lot of people are saying, like, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, it's in pre-production. From what I gathered, it's still very much in pre-production. It is happening. And buckle your shit. Buckle your, uh, your seatbelts. It's happening, guys. It's definitely going to be happening. So cheers to that, right? Oi. Uh, so yeah, Taka, I don't know, especially the VFX thing is what really irked a lot of people because this is going to lead nicely into the next topic, which is about Marvel Studios and the VFX house houses and the people who are working on these VFX because this article came out, which is very interesting. Little, it's like weird timing that this is uh, the case right here, but yeah. <laughs> This article right here from The Gamer says VFX artists are refusing to work with Marvel due to stress and unrealistic deadlines. VFX artists are speaking out against Marvel with many refusing to ever work with the entertainment giant again. This comes as artists share accounts of unworkable deadlines and immense pressure leading 
to stress and unsatisfactory final products. And we've seen how some of this shit looks so bad. Many have requested to never be put on the Marvel project again, saying that the studio has the worst VFX management out there. These allegations have been made on uh, the subreddit uh, VFX with artists across the industry sharing their negative experiences with the company. Almost no one in the subreddit has a good word to say about the employer, with many saying the, that the money and the star power aren't worth putting up with poor working conditions. In the thread titled, I am quite frankly sick and tired of working on Marvel shows, Reddit user independent AD419 expressed their frustration with the studio. Marvel has probably the worst methodology of production and VFX management out there. They can never fix the look for the show before more than half the allocated time for the show, uh, for the show is over. The artists working on Marvel shows are definitely not paid equivalent to the amount of work they put in. Others in the replies are quick to agree. On Thor, they ask for a complete mini-sequence two or three weeks before deadline. This is from somebody named SamFX2015. Mickey Moomoo's account is much the same. I request not to work on Marvel movies and TV shows. Unfortunately, they're becoming our biggest client. They expect a smorgasbord of options so they can change their mind three more times. Those who haven't been able to avoid uh, working with Marvel confirmed that it hasn't improved in recent years. I'm almost I'm on almost three years straight of Marvel. Welcome uh, to the seventh level, ah, the seventh level of hell. Someone said another user put that there black hole of sleep deprivation and eating bad. Another thread from three months ago contains even more damning accounts of what it's like to work with Marvel. These allegations are shared with another VFX artist was disappointed to lose out on an opportunity to work with Marvel. Something their industry peers reassured them how was no great loss. I'm on my third Marvel project in a row and literally just woke up 5.30 a.m. on Saturday with stress going, I don't want to do this anymore. This is from somebody named Ranver. It's 6 a.m. now and I am making a reel to apply someplace that has projects other than Marvel because I can't do this anymore. Let's see, another one right here says Marvel has seen grown men punch walls and throw monitors from stress. I broke down a couple of times and have seen the strain uh, it can put on marriages. But hey, the money was fantastic. Fuck Marvel as a project and credit name is not fucking worth it. So there you go. I'm not going to read. Well, okay, we'll read the last one right here. From this person, I'm not even going to pronounce that name. It took me over six months to recover from WandaVision's crunch. It's not worth it, not when there's better run projects that look just as good out there. So somebody who worked on WandaVision, not too happy with it. And then there's this is kind of funny right here because look at this. This just shows you right here. This is why these VFX houses are being stressed to the max. Look at how phase one, phase two, and three is compared to phase four. The TV shows, the introduction to the TV shows has added more stress when it comes to this. Look at that. The phase one was 12.4 hours of content. Phase two, six films also, 12.7. Phase three, 11 films, five more films, 24.9. Phase four, six films so far, seven shows, 49.5 hours. It just shows you right there. 
More, 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 more. Quantity over quality. That's what's happening. And then I even reached out. I've reached out. I've even talked to somebody who's, uh, you know, who works on VFX and like, have you heard of anything like this? That person said, yep. But he's also, but, you know, but mind you, also, he has heard that people have had pleasurable experiences too. So this is not every VFX house, but, you know, but there are people that are getting stressed in the max. But yes, definitely has heard about the ridiculous deadlines and the long, long, long hours. But also, that's also with other studios too, mind you. It's not just that. And then somebody brought it to my attention too that it's like, it's not, it's not Marvel Studios. It's just Disney. It's just fucking Disney. Disney, you know, it, Disney owns 39% of the goddamn film industry. So naturally, they just have so much shit that they're going to be doing. And then they just want these ridiculous deadlines. And then when they want to change shit at the last minute, like AM at Black Panther, it's going to look like shit. It just looks like shit. And there's a lot of shots that look like shit in Thor. I would say that the VFX in Thor Ragnarok were better. Definitely better. There's shots, a lot of things. Cinematography was definitely better. But, you know. There's still a lot of issues with that, but there you go. So that's what's happening, and I wouldn't be surprised if more and more happens. I just love the fact that this all was coming out as Thor Love and Thunder was coming out, and then you have literally the director shitting on one of the VFX shots. It's good, right? It's a good way to do business. Sure, Kevin Feige loves it. All right, now let's talk about... Oh, I had that up, too. Um... Let's talk about a movie that has really good VFX. Let's face it. Comes to Zack Snyder and working with his crew. It's pretty good. Now, they probably they they worked long hours. Let's let's just say. I mean, I remember I I had I had Brian Hirota, I had DJ on, and they talked about how it was uh, you know, it was a photo finish when it came to doing Zack Snyder's Justice League, restoring what was uh, already worked on and then finishing some of that stuff. And then, of course, adding new VFX to the additional photography. It was a crunch. It was a crunch. But let's face it. When you see that flash sequence, it's just it's it's art. It's beautiful. It's it's it should be painted on a ceiling of a church. It really should. It's pure fucking art. It's pure art. That's just because Zach knows what he wants and knows how to work with his crew. That's what he did. But yes, we have new numbers, guys. Uh, we have the insider that uh, brought up this article right here that crunched some more numbers when it came to in-demand streaming. From Justice League to Encanto, the most in-demand movies of the last year show how box office isn't the only measurement of a movie's popularity. Duh. So they have it broken down right here. The research firm Parrot Analytics recently launched Movie Demand, a metric that measures the engagement and popularity of films beyond the box office. And we've heard of Parrot before. So basically when, uh, when it comes to here, Parrot Analytics, how its demand measurements reflects blah, 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 engagement. The company provided Insider with a list of the most in-demand movies from July 1st of 2021 to June 30th of 2022. So this is what's happening right there. The movies are a mix of theatrical exclusives, streaming exclusives, and the movies that were released simultaneously in both formats. So number 10 was Encantu right there, and it had a 36.95. Black Widow, 37.66. And there's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number eight when it came to that with a 36.95. Luca, of course, 38.81. Godzilla vs. Kong. 
a little better, 39-46. Turning red, of course, uh, a lot of people watch that on streaming, which kind of makes you wonder, like, why didn't they put Lightyear on streaming? It would have probably done better. Uh, the Batman, the Batman did uh, fairly well too with a uh, 41.31 demand ranking right there. I know people are saying like, hey, what? Yeah, there's people, you know, certain people want to say that that movie bombed. Thank you, Mr. Aaron Bailey, for the dollar. Appreciate that. Eternals did fairly well. 41.95. Venom, Let There Be Carnage was number two, 45.97. And then, of course, naturally, Spider-Man No Way Home, 99.97. Breaking the data down by quarter reveals more movies that consumers heavily engaged with, even if they underwhelmed at the box office. So this is other stuff, too, when it came to quarter three. And yes, underwhelmed at the box office, these movies right here. And this is where everything's rearranged. Zack Snyder's Justice League, still number eight right there. So still in the top ten. Uh, Suicide Squad, though, makes an appearance right there when it comes to streaming. When uh, you know it came to quarter three of 2021, Mortal Kombat, of course, makes its appearance in number ten right there. Interesting. And then, of course, Space Jam also as well. F9, the fast, yeah, the fast saga, yeah. Q4 2021 showed the power of theatrical window in driving demand and reflected studios shift back to embracing the window as over half of the most in-demand movies are exclu were exclusively in theaters. Exclusive. So we have in-demand movies quarter four 2021. This one Venom actually took the number one spot. Interesting. And look at Zack Snyder's Justice League just holding that number eight spot. Number eight, still in top ten. That's all we can ask for, I guess. But then, of course, we have Dune. We have No Time to Die. We have Shang-Chi right here. So it's very much holding up right there. And then it says the first quarter of 2022 was dominated by Spider-Man No Way Home, of course, the biggest movie worldwide, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, naturally, that was number one. But guess what? Quarter one, 2022, guess what got bumped up two spots? Zack Snyder's fucking Justice League. That's right. Look at that. Beating Godzilla vs. Kong, beating Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and beating James Bond. Not too shabby. Batman. So Batman, of course, number four. So, hey, it bumped up. It bumped up. You gotta, you love to see it. You love to see it. Demand in quarter two. This shows word of mouth can drive demand, not just box office returns. The Northman. Disappointment. But guess what? The Northman right there right there now in quarter two we don't have Zack Snyder's Justice League sadly a lot of more movies came out but look at the Batman the Batman bumped up to number two then of course we have Multiverse of Madness um it's word of mouth oh this is theaters this is because this is theaters right but was a high demand suggesting it could be okay this is uh potential sorry this is potential of what because obviously Top Gun Maverick not there yet but this is like the potential that we haven't got these numbers yet. So Zack Snyder's Justice League still might be in quarter two numbers. So don't, don't worry too much. But there's a potential that, you know, movies like The Northman will get a second life when it comes to streaming. And then, of course, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Hopefully that gets some good streaming numbers, too, now that that's out. So there we go. So we'll see. Ah, but it's just nice that the numbers that we have... Since last year, Zack Snyder's Justice League in the top 10, mainly in the number eight spot, and then it got bumped up at the beginning of this year to number six. So it just kind of shows you right there. And I love the fact that the Batman is holding also strong streaming numbers too. So cheers to that, guys. That's right. Good shit. 
I wonder what Thor is going to end up getting when it comes to streaming numbers. All I know is it'll look better on a smaller screen. <laughs> yeah, that's something Taka Watiti would probably say. He'd be like, oh, yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Look better on my, you know, on your smaller screen. Look better on your phone, actually. Thor, Love and Thunder will look better on your phone. <sighs> look better on a fucking Game Boy Color. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Dwayne Johnson. So Dwayne Johnson. Let's uh, pull up some stuff here when it comes to Dwayne Johnson. Uh, here we, yeah, rewatch the original Thor and see how far we've come. I tell you, it's crazy. It really is crazy how far we've come when it comes to uh, the original Thor. Thor, I know, you know, watching even Thor, um, uh, the Dark World, it it's not, it's still kind of all right, but it's not all bad. There's just some spots that are just like, what, what, what was that? Yeah, so, but it's not all bad. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find uh, on my uh, Twitter section here. Where are you at? God damn it. I'm probably just going to have to look. Am I going to have to search for it in a different way? Come on, really? I know. Where are you at? Sorry. Trying to find. There it is. So this is uh, what a lot of people are talking about right here. Um, We got this response right here to, uh, you know, to cut air right here. Um, obviously, you know, we, we heard about this right here. We got Dwayne Johnson. All ages, get ready because the rumors are true. Get the ready because the hype true. is real. Saturday, July 23rd. San Diego, California, stand up. Comic-Con, get ready, stand up. Because guess who's coming to town? The most electrifying man in all of the DC universe. Raise that eyebrow. Is coming to town. See, you thought I was going one way with The Rock. No, I didn't. I went this way with Black Adam. They're both the same men. Yes, That's we know. Right. The most electrifying man in the He DC didn't really universe, write this out before the he uh, posted one. it. The ruthless It's okay, one. still doing the good. The man in black himself, Black Adam, is coming to Comic-Con, and I cannot wait. Look, you guys know me. You guys know that anytime I do an event like this, my main goal and objective is to always create something so special and unforgettable. For you guys, the fans. Please, I think we're please, up an incredible bring Black it. Adam appearance. Bring Black it. Black Adam is bringing gifts for all of you. And I'm cool. also bringing the JSA, the Justice Society of America. That's cool, Noah too. Noah Centineo, Quintessa Swindell, Aldous Hodge, our great director, Jama Kaletsera. You guys know how Comic-Con Pierce Brosnan and I hope, too. H, Saturday, July 23rd, all 6,000 tickets are going to go just like that. So get there early. I will see you then. Finally, the man in black. Comes home to Comic-Con. Let's fucking go. I'll see you then. He's hyped up on his energy drink. Uh, but I love uh, how the uh, air cut right there said most electrifying one in the DCU. Has Black Adam seen what fried uh, doctor brains look like? And then he responded with this, which it was like, whoa, look at him getting a little feisty. Now, it's kind of funny because obviously we shouldn't take this seriously at all. Not at all. It's just Dwayne Johnson being Dwayne Johnson. I mean, he literally goes, no, because Black Adam doesn't give a fuck. And it was funny because, yeah, some people were like, what the hell, man? You know, my guy going like, hey, relax, relax. Okay. Dwayne Johnson is promoting his movie. And obviously when, uh, when he's, uh, posting videos like this, obviously he's 
he's it's not like he doesn't see that people are blasting um you know the social media with restore the snyderverse or release the air cut which you know do whatever you want that's fine but the fact that he clapped back like that it was like whoa interesting but don't take it seriously people were taking it way too fucking seriously i was like what the hell i was having conversations with people that were taking it way too seriously and i'm like you shouldn't take it seriously come on i mean first off do we actually think dwayne johnson wrote this no he's got people people wrote this he didn't write that but at the same time it's like you know who the fuck cares um so yeah we had that don't take it seriously but yeah he definitely has to bring the goods bring the hype and uh where is it at right here let me uh let me find the other one that zachary levi did shazam um where is it at right there there's zachary levi right here talking about it hey hey all you cool cats and kittens uh cool cats just and kittens. taking a little moment of your time to give you an update uh, that Shazam! Fury of the Gods will be large and in charge at San Diego Comic-Con the morning of Saturday the 23rd in the beloved Hall H. So we can't wait to see all of you fans there. Uh, you know that Comic-Con is one of my favorite places and one of my favorite times. I wish I was bringing a Nerd HQ this year. Unfortunately, I cannot. Maybe another year, who knows? But we cannot wait to uh, unveil what we have ready to unveil to you that Saturday morning. For all you lucky 6,000 nerds that are going to be with us, can't wait to see you. For everybody else, stay tuned because whatever drops on that Saturday will eventually drop for you too. That means a trailer. Can't wait to see you. So there you go. There's Zachary Levi looking very much like Reed Richards (laughs) right now. Um, What's kind of funny is somebody – I remember seeing this right here. Ah, crap. Why does, why does, why does Twitter freaking do that? I hate that. Bring it back. Ah, there it is. Okay. Somebody posted this right here when it talked about, you know, when, when Zach has been asked about, um, Shazam and Black Adam, um, in his world right here. So Tyrone asked this, and then you're going to see a familiar, uh, you're going to see a familiar panel asking him about the other. Black Adam is a dark, darker character. He's, you know, and you do dark well. So, oh wait, this is just that. Know. This is just Tyrone. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he he could fit in the world, so it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Are we thinking of Shazam in, in the sequel, or <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? <laughs> God bless those guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that awesome first time we got to talk to Zach right there. Hey, there, man. Hair's very short, no mustache. Um, yeah, God bless those guys. We all laughed at that. That was when uh, that was after DC Fandom, the first DC Fandom, when he uh, showed up and talked to us right there. That was pretty cool. But it is interesting that those two questions, because he was all about Black Adam, and then of course he said, "God bless those guys." When it came to um, when it came to Shazam, but he likes Shazam though. I don't know. I think he said that on one of my streams or something else. I remember he. He likes Shazam and Shazam's, a, you know, it's a it's a good movie. I like it. It's enjoyable. It's it's fine. It's a good Christmas movie. You know, it's a it's a good. I don't like the stupid, uh, you know, headless Superman. No, I hate that scene. I wish they cut that shit out. But I like David Sandberg. He's becoming one of my favorite directors just because he's just so fucking likable. And I like what he's done with like the films that I've seen, which has only been really just two, maybe three. Uh, anyways, I don't know. But 
Yeah. So there you go. Zach's the goat. Definitely is. But I love how he said, like, God bless those guys, because it's like, could Shazam actually exist with his heroes? That might be a stretch. But could Black Adam, he basically was like, yeah, it'd be good. Definitely good. So there is that. That's why, you know, we'd want to see, you know, bring Cavill, get him back, and then have some kind of fight when it comes to them three. I don't know. They could really do something special when it comes to Comic-Con, and hopefully they do. Levi and Johnson have to do something where they stare each other down. Something's going to have to be the case. They really got to hype up their movies, and, uh, you know, the fact that they're only, like, two months apart, it just has to happen, okay? just has to happen. But, yeah, how fucking, I mean, just Jesus Christ, if Cavill just showed up on, oh, my God. It would just be like, what the? It would blow up the Internet. But, again, negotiations and all that shit, that's what fucks it up. That's what fucks it up. Oh, yeah, fucks it up. Anyways, all right. Let's go to some Twitter questions. Not too many. All right. Eric Blake, riddle me this, Dave. What if... Taka Watiti went from Thor Love and Thunder to direct Deadpool Kills the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't like it. I don't want him to do that. I'd rather have Sean Levy, Levy do that. I'm, I, I, I just, no. I don't want Taka to do that. No. I would not want that. I don't want that. Um, ooh, we got a Tombstone video right here. As mentioned, as I mentioned yesterday, I wore the old Zack Snyder's Justice League t-shirt to see Thor Love and Thunder this is from Ryan, because anyone who thinks a director's cut sucks, well, no, I'm sure I, 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 I'm sure that I hate them. And how about uh, that money raised for AFSP? That doesn't suck. No, that doesn't suck. Yeah. So you got a little uh, Doc Holiday right here? Oh, don't know audio. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you guys see. I'm sure of it. I hate them. Good scene right there. Good scene. Cooper Knox. After letting the viewing sink in with me for a few days, Thor 4 is the only MCU movie that I flat out hate with a burning passion. And uh, we got KC right there. The only thing great about Thor Love and Thunder is the music. So uh, Krypton, you know, Mr. Uh, Majid right here, KC, he's a, what, you're a Guns N' Roses fan? Um, and Taka shenanigans over the uh, weekend helped out, uh, helped out fan the flames. Yeah. So I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, thank you for being a member for 19 months there, Casey. Um, Jack Martin, if Kenneth Branagh had stayed on, what do you think the Thor sequels would have been like? I honestly reckon it could have gone to the same level as Winter Soldier, especially if Branagh had uh, implemented a darker tone and continued on from the foundation of the first film. That's a weird comparison because Winter Soldier is a spy-like espionage film so i'm kind of like okay i mean if you're talking about quality co cool but i mean uh, i don't know i have i have like this idea that i'm probably gonna do a sketch on that you patrons know about so we'll we'll see but uh i mean i get what you're saying to the quality but it's like you know, comparing it to a movie that has nothing to do with like a viking type you know god norse god type it's weird but you know i get what you're saying kyle bellback I feel like you can uh, point to 2018 when Marvel VFX started getting worse. That was the first year they went to four films per year. And other than uh, in, in, uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame, they've all been mediocre. 
uh, bad. Agree? Yeah, but there, I mean, it, it went from not just four films. It went from like, it's like still three films, but all these shows, too. And then you're just trying to pump out as much content as possible. So, yeah, the VFX started suffering for sure. But, you know, well, even the VFX in Infinity War, the Iron Man costume sometimes looks not so sharp. Even the Iron Spidey one looks a little like, ugh, it just looks a little too, you know, phony. So even Infinity War, as much as I love that movie, I love Infinity War. It's it's definitely takes a, a, a nice little turn when it comes to some of this stuff. But sometimes, you know, even the VFX there are a little, you know, little, uh, okay. Maybe they could have went another round of layering or, you know, something. I don't know. So it's a little bit when it comes to that, but... Other than that, though, I mean, Infinity War is just that's that's fucking top tier MCU. Endgame lower, and you know, there's still some kind of stuff like that. It sucks because they're screwing artists to, uh, too now. Yeah, oh yeah, I wanted to show you that. Thank you for reminding me, um, um, Aaron. I saw I retweeted your tweet because I wanted to bring that up as well. Uh, this right here, when it came to that as well. Um, it says, damn, fantastic artist and cosplayer, cosplay Chris, made the Dark Shadow Lord in Thor Love and Thunder and wasn't credited. So, yeah. So when we had this right here, the Dark Lord right here, Dark Shadow Lord, um, he posted this right here. I'd like to show you what I had. And he talks about he had the privilege of building the Dark Shadow Lord scene here alongside Christian Bale's gore. The Dark Shadow Lord was... Um, Again, thank you for the $2 uh, and a wielder or whatever the fuck. And then it said it spent two weeks putting together all of the 3D printed pieces, weighing it around uh, f uh, 40 um, kilograms in uh, PLA plastic. Once the pieces were joined, I patched, seamed, and added skin texture all over the surface. He was in, uh, he's then uh, primed for painting to be done by someone else. All up. All this was up uh, about f 100 hours of body shop work on this big guy. Unfortunately, I did not receive screen credit for this one. But sometimes that's the nature of the biz. Regardless, I'm proud of my contribution. So I like the fact, I mean, I like the fact that he's pointing it out because it's like, what the fuck, Marvel? Can we credit the people that worked on your shit? And I know this is not just strictly Marvel. This is this has happened this because like he said, this happens throughout the biz, sure. But at the same time, it's like, it's just crazy how Thor comes out and just all this controversy, you know, we, obviously we got, you know, there's some lawsuits that are going to be involved, the VFX shots and the VFX houses and all this stuff. But then you also have a cosplayer who helped create a costume, did not get credited. And it's like, come on, Marvel, what's going on here? Oh, man, they're going to have to shape up. They're definitely going to have to shape up. And we'll see what happens when it comes to all of that. All right, guys. That's Monday's show for you. Thank you guys for uh, spending time with me. Make sure you smash that like thumbs up before you leave. And uh, hit that notification bell so you know when I'm doing this stuff. Uh, you got all the sock meds down below, all this stuff, the Patreon, everything. Everything's right there. Everyone just go watch Elvis instead, like like Nikki just said. It's a great movie. I support it. Um, you know, I'll, although I, I, I wish they included that scene where Forrest Gump taught him how to dance. That's a stupid meme I saw earlier today. I was shaking my hips. Yeah, remember that? That was great. That was great. Yeah. I feel like I got a little boogie in my nose. I'm trying to not. Yeah. Anyways. Smash all that. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Always fun. And uh, let me make sure I got all the stuff here. All right. 
Yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Same junk time, same junk channel. Talk to you later. Hey, there it is. It popped up finally. Look at that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You guys are awesome. All right, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs>